Hey, I'm Derek. And I'm Noah. <laughs> and you're listening to Abida. <laughs> oh my God. Where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. <laughs> Sorry, I almost drowned myself with that water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> he started the theme song and then decided to take. <laughs> I mean, I forgot our theme song was a little sip. short. Yeah. A little sip. But I'm just going to have another sip of my cold brew right here. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I treated myself to a seasonal treat. I had some peppermint mocha put in my cold brew. What you listeners don't know is that it's exactly how he orders his cold brew at <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> and they know exactly who is coming through that drive-thru. They're very, they're very receptive to it. And I feel like at this one particular Starbucks, they're always very chipper mm-hmm. on, 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 on the uh, intercom system. Yeah. yeah and I so agree. it's kicked into high gear right now. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm also a little dehydrated, but that's (laughs) That's why I was drinking water. (laughs) All right. Before we get into it, we just wanted to do that little reminder of the review giveaway we're doing. And when we're recording this, we're actually going to be announcing the next winner of it. So we're having multiple rounds. So leave us that review on Apple Podcasts and you could get some free stuff, free swag, you know, so. Who doesn't like a little free, free swag? I know. Yep. So go and do that. Heck yeah. All right, recap time of the previous episode of The Mandalorian, episode three, The Heiress. Mm. So we see our good friends Mando and Baby Yoda and Frog Lady heading to Trask, finally, after their run-in with the Nobby White Spiders. I hate that name. Uh, Nobby White Spiders in your bed. Oh, Uh, (laughs) God. And so they land on Trask. Frog Lady is reunited with her hubby, and they can finally go bring their little egg babies to life. Our good friend Mando is looking for his fellow Mandalorians, and sure enough, he meets not one, not two, but three Mandalorians. And meets one very big and fan favorite Mandalorian. Bo-Katan, baby. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan. Yeah. I mean, I keep thinking that's the name of a place, and I kept messing up how to say her name, but I feel like it's whatever you want. I lightly call her Boca Raton, which is a city in Florida. <laughs> so we'll go with that. Right. Uh, yeah. So then they, of course, get into a little bit of mischief. They hop on board a ship that's trying to sell some Mandalorian... Uh, arms that have been stolen on the black market, and so they're going to take them down. And we learned that she is the heiress to Mandalore. Right, and he finds that information where he can find a Jedi to bring Baby Yoda. And a big name drop again, Ahsoka Tano gets named, and she can be found on Corvus. So that's where Mando is heading with his razor crest roped and netted together. But it's working. He can shoot off into space. So that's all really that happened. I mean, that's not all, but that's what happened in the third episode. A lot of big stuff happening. We're finally getting to those episodes where it's going to lay the groundwork for the rest of the show slash season. Spoiler alert! (laughs) (laughs) Of course, we like to give a little spoiler alert. So please do not proceed if you have not watched episode four of The Mandalorian. It is time to officially take a bite of The Mandalorian season two, episode four... The siege. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Technically, we, it's in chapters, but that's fine. That's true. So this is really chapter 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yell at us. It's a lot of numbers. You know we get confused easily. So we cut to our favorite duo, Mando and Baby Yoda, trying to fly the Razor Crest, which is not having a good time. And we notice that he's yelling back to someone who can only be Baby Yoda. 
And sure enough, our beloved baby Yoda is in some sort of crawl space with some wires. He's got a blue wire and a red wire. And Mando's like, no, no, no. You take the blue wire and put it where the red wire was. I like to think that there was some conversation that happened before this where baby Yoda was able to pull the two wires out. Yeah, or they were just already out. But no, I guess he did say, like, put the red wire where you took the blue wire from. So he can grab them. I just think, (laughs) I mean, he's obviously understanding more and more language. But I think once you start mixing colors in there and then replacing one thing with another, Baby Yoda's like, I'm just going to mash these two (laughs) differently charged wires together. And he gets a little electrocuted, which... Sorry, it was adorable, and it was cute. Yeah, you get a little cough after that. I like how Mando was like, I knew this wasn't going to (laughs) work. But it's super cute. The next scene we get is they're sharing a little brothy soup, Mm. I guess, together. And we see Mando Chin. We see Mando Chin. Din Chin. Yes. We see Din Chin. And that's the most we've seen of this guy's face. Imagine every time you wanted to take a sip of something, you have to unlock your mask, go Take a sip, close it again. He does it twice. This is the way. Oh, my God. Baby Yoda's trying to peek inside yes. while he's doing it. <laughs> Super cute. And obviously, this ship needs more repairs, and they can't make it to Corvus, so they're in the neighborhood of Navarro. Mm-hmm. And that's where we started this whole series at. That's where the Bounty Hunters Guild was, and that's where Mando started out and where they found Baby Yoda and all of that. So we get to go back, and we get to meet our old friends again. So Cara Dune... And Grief Karga. That's where they're at. We do a Star Wars peel away scene change. Love it. And we see some Aqualish being very bad inside the lava lair, a.k.a. where our good friend the armorer once was. Isn't the Aqualish like a, a, a different version of Polly Pockets? Aren't there like mermaid Polly Pockets? There were, um, let's see. Well, there was Mad Max, which was for the boys, right? Quote, unquote. I had no idea. I had both. I had Polly Pocket <laughs> and I had Mad Max. And there was one called Merwees. That's what they were called. Oh, ew, gross. Merwees. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> they were great. Their fins changed color in water. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Any hoozlebees. So the Aqualish are like raiding the armorer's old lava lair. Yeah, it looks like that's where they kind of made their base of operation. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's just a little angel, little baby lava meerkat who's stuck in a cage. And they're like, you know, gleep, glorp, gloop, gleep, which, you know, translated means we're going to cut this baby's head off and eat it. Mm -hmm. And now me, you know, I'm just like, you guys remember how upset I was about the bantha. So I don't want anything to happen to this lava meerkat. And just as this one Aqualish is about to take a blade down, guess who walks in? The one and only Cara Dune. Yeah, I do want to preface this. And I know there's a lot of controversy behind the actress that plays her. We're talking about the character. Uh, aside from our personal politics and our how we live our lives and hers, even though we differ, <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're talking about the character and we would rather just keep it that way. But yeah, anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically we do not... Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> it's like I was about to say something. And no, like, I know. Right? Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, you know. No. I'll just say wear a mask and... You know, trans rights. So that's fine. (laughs) Cara Dune is different. (laughs) Written by John Favreau. Right. Yeah. So we see her. She goes in there. She obviously thwarts this guy, this Aqualish, from eating this lava meerkat. And she's taking over her the settlement back. You know, because of her, she's the new marshal of this Mm -hmm. place. And she really elevated it to after it was destroyed by Moff Gideon. (laughs) Something the Mandalorian is forcing me to do 
is look up terms that I hear quite often. <laughs> and I'm just like being truly honest with myself and being like, but what is that thing? Mm. So we've had a marshal in the first episode of the season. And right. now we have another marshal. And I'm like, okay. I like by context clues know what a marshal is, but like what is a marshal really? And so a marshal is responsible for all law enforcement in their respective town. Mm. So I'm like, okay, that makes me feel better. I'm like, stop blind trusting you thinking you know what a marshal is. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean they're like Commissioner Gordons, <laughs> just on like different planets. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's so- just a little PSA brought to you by your uh, local librarian me. <laughs> <laughs> so it cuts away, we finally get Mando and Baby Yoda get there. And who greets them is their trusty little friends from Navarro before, Grief Karga and Cardoon. So immediately, right when they get out of there, Grief is like, give me that kid. Yeah. I miss this little kid. <laughs> it's so cute. Everyone loves Baby Yoda. Yeah, everybody does. And if you're one of those people that don't like Baby Yoda, this is one of those episodes where you can't help but smile at him, even if you're just like, ugh, this Baby Yoda stuff again. It's it's adorable. I mean... The fact that there are possibly people out there that are watching The Mandalorian but don't like Baby Yoda, I mean, it. Like, wh- I, stop there it. Are, there are people like stop that. Stop it. I mean, some people don't like the comedy cute stuff of Star Wars and they just like the serious stuff. I oh. get it, but Baby Yoda can stay. <laughs> and <laughs> Frog Lady. Yes. <laughs> Frog Lady. <laughs> so they get back to the old cantina. And as he's walking through this town, it's changed. Mm-hmm. It's changed quite a bit from the last time he was there. Last time he saw it, it was... In runes. It was blown up. They from just the had ho- their giant battle there. Right, exactly. So this really cool part that you see when they're going through the town, you see IG-11. He has this little statue in a little square. The best babysitter in all the galaxy. He got his so little statue. Cool. I love that whole, just, even though he was a little side character, I love that that story arc, that character development from him. Yeah. He's programmed to assassinate this child and then... Also, Din had to work with a droid mm-hmm. that he hates, and this weird friendship came about, and he protected Baby Yoda amazingly. <laughs> yeah, and gave his life for them. Yeah. And and like you said, that's what's like even helped Din kind of change his thoughts on droids. Mm-hmm. It's a great character. And thank you for pointing out that statue to me, because it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, honor. Also, he was he's pretty much so far the only thing in the mandalorian that has seen din's face true because he had to take it off whenever he had to heal him so r.i.p you're the only one that saw it <laughs> um, exactly take it to the droid grave yeah we see this old cantina was turned into a school ah, super cute yes and grief is like we're gonna leave the kid here and we gotta go and i love mando's like daddy tendencies mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like no, no, no the kid has to go yeah. stay with me understandable Every single time he lets that kid out of his sight, some stupid shit happens every time. And it's like for Mando now, it's not so much a mission anymore, right? Because he cares about him so much. And I hate that. Because it's raising the stakes for us, right? Well, and it's also if he has to eventually leave this child at some point, it's going to be so sad. I don't want to see it. No, I agree. I will stop watching. <laughs> well, no. Well, I get said when he even leaves him at all yeah, in the yeah. series. Unless I know he's in proper good hands like <laughs> Pelly or the Frog Lady, I am yeah. not having it. Right, right. In this instance, though, he is just uh, leaving him out of school with a bunch of children mm-hmm. and a C-3PO type droid who is going over like the five greatest galaxy trade routes or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. And so he sits him snugly in this little seat next to this one young boy who's munching on some like space cookies, which are aka macarons. 
I mean, I don't know where they got these things from or who's making them because there's never been anything like this in Star Wars. I'm, I'm going back and forth and thinking like, okay, so this area of Navarro is either like some sort of French Parisian city <laughs> or is like the Williamsburg of Brooklyn Navarro right. where it's just like hipsters with macaron shops. Like, I like to think that, you know, if our planet Earth existed within like the Star Wars universe – and we were a neighboring galaxy, that was the only thing from our human race that got survived at this <laughs> point. Right. <laughs> it's like one of those like, you know, satellites that they put those like vinyl records on in case yes. aliens find it. Yes. That was the only thing that was found. It was like a time capsule and right. they were like, Oh, almond flour, great. We're gonna make these little succulent treats. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they seem to be mass produced because it's like in a vacuum almost like it was a vacuum sealed tube of cookies. Right. Of some sort. So Baby Yoda, being the hungry little angel that he is, puts his little three-pronged hand out and is like, Meh? and the kid's like, no. Yeah. So, you know, the hearts of the world stop that someone would deny Baby Yoda something so delightful. Okay. His track record with, like, eating whatever he wants to eat is not great. So, mm. I mean, about time somebody told him no. You're right. And I guess it's better that a child is doing it than right. an adult, right? Because he and all for all we know he didn't even say please. Right. But we've we've kind of theorized in the past about like when baby Yoda is using his force powers and we're always like, you know, he only like he'll he'll use his force powers when he really truly needs to. And so in this situation, baby Yoda felt that he needed to use the force to steal the cookies. Yeah, I mean, I'm so proud of him. <laughs> In that instance. One, it's the first time he's used it in this season, mm -hmm. really. And, I mean, get what you want. You you get those cookies. He was not nice to you, so show him who's boss. Mm -hmm. Show me a magic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he sure enough did. Crunch, yeah. crunch, crunch. Uh -huh. We meet our trio after this delightful Yoda scene, going back to basically, I guess, Grief Karga's office. And who's there but our first little uh, enemy... From season one of Mandalorian. His first bounty. Yeah. Mithril. Yeah. he He's unnamed, which I think is hilarious. That's just like the name of his species? Like, yeah, I think so. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or the type of person? I don't know. So he's there, and obviously he's out of, you know, Carbonite. Yeah. And Grief Karga was like, he's doing a bunch of work for me to work off his sentence, like 300 plus years. Mm -hmm. So he has a long way to go. Yeah. Which I think is really funny. What we find out is... They're like, look, you got repairs on your ship. You're going to be here for a while. So we need your help. Every time I'm like, God, can he just catch a break? <laughs> like, I know that these things have to happen because usually when he goes on these missions, it furthers the story or like he finds something else out. You know, maybe this person is still coming after the child. I get it. But it's also like, it just leaves the guy alone. Did it's, you not see his ship? It's the old bait and switch. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come, come, come. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But also... Yeah, for the plot of the show, we need it, but for we need just Mando to relax. Yeah. <laughs> Can't respond. Can exactly. like he just go kick his feet up and like <laughs> possibly take off his helmet somewhere private? Just I don't let know. the man sweat in peace. Yeah. So it turns out that the whole area, and especially where the settlement is, is a green zone. So meaning no imperial troops, no war, everything's good. Mm. Except for this one area. And they see that there's this old imperial base that seems to mostly be you know, there's like a skeleton crew there, but there's weapons there. They know that if people find out about it, the black markets want to, they want to get it. So Kara being the, 
you know, Marshall and they're trying to make this place like a big trading post, you know, get lay their stake into the system. They yeah. want like money and prosperous. And they spend a lot of time really mm-hmm. bringing this place back together and helping people come back and help it thrive. And they're like, we got this one ding dong base that's <laughs> screwing it for everyone. Right. And so their plan is to go in there, drain the coolant from the reactor cylinder lines <laughs> i don't know the exact name they use <laughs> i do like though that this base i guess is powered by the lava and so we saw the armorer use the lava to melt everything and it's like oh yeah okay she just lives in a lava layer but i feel like with this episode we see how the lava kind of exists on navarro and can charge other things so i thought that was a cool detail yeah also i mean star wars loves it some lava i mean that's what helped birth darth vader Come on. I mean, and you know I've been uh, paying attention to the ecosystems of these planets we've been on, right? So this is our first lava planet that we've been on. We've just been to so many different places this season. Yeah. (laughs) So Mithril, Kara, Grief, Mando all head there and Mithril's little speedster Mm -hmm. to get out there to go. And there's this funny interaction. You're starting to see that, like, Grief is just over Mithril. Like, he's just not having it with his shit or yeah. even just asking any normal questions. Well, even when we saw him in the magistrate's office, he's kind of like the town gossip. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's just probably not even doing the work he's supposed to be doing. And here we are again with him giving him lip. Yeah. <laughs> he asks him, well, you know, where do you want me to drop you off at? They're like the front door. And he's like, I don't know. I'm a civilian. Okay, 100 years off your sentence if you just do this. So it's, it's funny. He keeps bartering with him, but he's also like, shut up. Just do what I'm yeah. telling you to do. Yeah. Like, also played uh, beautifully by Horatio Sands. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I just love it. Yeah. I love it. The people that are in this series, it's just incredible. Yeah. They get to the front door. Obviously, it's locked. It's an Imperial base. Why would you think you could just walk in? They tell Mithril, get out, help us open this door. They keep giving him more tasks to do, and all he was supposed to do was just take him there. Mando shoots up to the top because there's a landing at the top, obviously, where all the spacecrafts and stuff can come out of. Stormtrooper falls down, and they get into the base. They get up there, and Mando's like, this place isn't as abandoned as you guys thought it was. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. He notices that some things have been going on here and they want to go find out what it is. So they, of course, have the mission to get the reactor up to blow the place up. But now they have a kind of see what else is going on. So they find this guy, choke him out. A little tube falls out of his pocket and it's a vape pen. Yeah, it's a vape pen. You know, listen. <laughs> they can open doors. You have a long time on that base. <laughs> you got to have a vape pen. Yeah. Uh, so we. it turns out later on it's a code cylinder. Right, 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 right. So cylinders in this universe do a lot. They can be telescopes. They can be code holders. Tuscan I mean, Raider eyes. Tuscan Raider eyes. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they get down to the reactor and they, of course, make Mithril go on to the very precarious ledge. With no guardrail. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I, I like how he's a sensible, like, trying to be reformed criminal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I, I'm, I need humidity and water to function, and you want me to stand over lava yeah. with no guardrail. Yeah. Cool. I Thanks, got it. Guys. <laughs> so he just, like, kind of skitters out onto there. He turns around, and then Grief is like, use the code cylinder. And so I'm guessing the code cylinder is like a flash drive that holds all your passwords. So it's like the end of... So all the droids, like R2, the thing that like sticks out and goes into those oh, holes and he twists it. Yes. That's pretty much what that is, but oh. for non-droids. <laughs> gotcha. I right. was like, oh, it has your Spacebook password. It has your intergalaxy <laughs> grand password, your Twitter memory. It's just called Twitter there. They don't have a fancy name for that either. 
But sure enough, you stick the thing in, you hit a bunch of buttons, and uh-oh, the place is going to blow. Which was their intent. So they're on their way out of there, and there's these dudes that are deleting everything. Yeah. It's, you know, burn after reading type of stuff is happening. Yeah, mom's coming into the room, close that webpage you're not supposed to be looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that this isn't necessarily a weapons base that they thought it was. It's more of a lab, which is more terrifying because there's these disgusting looking things inside these clone tubes. tubes. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's weird because I wouldn't necessarily say they're clones because that technology has been done and it can't be like, it just doesn't look like it. It looks like it's more like, I don't know, like bioengineering People, because they said volunteers and they said people. So it looks like they were people, but they're... Something happened to them. Yeah, they're trying to change them in some way. You know, it seems like they're in stasis of some sort, or I don't know if it failed. It it reminds me, and I've I've seen people theorizing this this before, and I wonder if it's going to connect to the most recent trilogy that we had. So Snoke, which was the one of the main bads in the Ray trilogy, Mm -hmm. he is that. He was one of those... That Palpatine used, like through Snoke, Palpatine manipulated Kylo. So maybe this was like the first trial or so or something in that sphere were happening. You're saying that Favreau is bridging some gaps here. He's tying things together. He's giving us origins. So I mean, could be. I don't want to like, you know, put my own foot in my mouth, but. Well, it's probably better than my theory that they're Mewtwo's from Pokemon. <laughs> so I think we're going to go with yours. <laughs> Mithril goes and pushes some buttons and turns some He's knobs. also a hacker. Right. Everybody is in Star Wars, apparently. And also, all the buttons. I know, I guess you have to just know how those systems work, but none of the buttons have, like... Any pictures or wording on? (laughs) No, there's like, so you have to know there's push squares, regular squares, push circles, regular circles, twisty knobs. Red and white buttons. Yeah. Those are the only color buttons that I see. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Welcome to the galaxy. I just think it's one of those things where it's like, they know how it works. You don't need to know how it works. (laughs) we don't need to know technology. We just need to see them go beep, boop, 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 and then magic happens. Right. (laughs) So... There's a hologram that pops up from Dr. Mm -hmm. Pershing, which was the doctor that was in the first season experimenting on Baby Yoda. Hated that scene. Terrible. So I did not like seeing him again. Yeah. And at this point, we're reminded that they thought Moff Gideon was gone, like dead from the last battle that they had. And they say that because in this this hologram, he's talking about M-Count, which is a very touchy subject with a lot of Star Wars fans, he's referring to midichlorians, which is like the biological organism thing inside of people that give them access to the force. Mm -hmm. It was a weird thing that they introduced in The Phantom Menace and people technically don't, they don't like it because it's like, okay, you're just at, you're convoluting this thing that really didn't need to be explained. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just made because that's how they found Anakin because that's how Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go to him because they test his metachlorian count and it's off the charts. So I don't know. Mm. It's a little weird. I don't mind it, but I can see why it would be a little annoying. Yeah. Well, I guess it could be annoying if it's something that's introduced as sort of a plot device. Um, and they're like, oh, it's the organic matter. Uh, when in reality, I kind of feel like the force was always this mystical force, this power. Right. But oh, now it has to do with your blood. Yeah, it could just be you're worthy. It could be the Thor situation where it's like you are worthy to have the force. Yeah. Or you're just that's why there's like force sensitive people like Finn from the most recent recent trilogy. So it's like, I mean, was his midichlorian count two? 
Like, did he just have two <laughs> Mechlorians in him? I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. But so anyway, that's why they were harvesting the blood from Baby Yoda to use on these experiments that yeah. they're having. And he's talking to Moff Gideon and they're like, wait a second. Moff Gideon's dead. That has to be an old transmission. He's like, uh, this was like just sent. So yeah. he's like, it's from three days ago, folks. Yeah. And that's what sets, you know, Mandalorian bells are ringing in Din's head. And he's like, um, okay, guys, this thing's going to explode. You guys got it from here. I need to go get my kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're on this place where it all started and I don't feel safe with him being <laughs> in there. Nope. So he goes a running, of course, is blasting some old stormtroopers gets the deck and he blasts off yeah he's he uses his jetpack to get out of there so back to our new trio Kara grief and mithril yeah. and they're running away and of course guess what there are more of stormtroopers i i have a question so obviously beskar armor is hard to get and it's very lucrative and whatever but you would think that if they can make spaceships with shields that can like withstand some blast that like these millions of stormtroopers with this fancy white armor would be able to at least resist some blaster fire i know that there are like higher ranks of stormtroopers where their armor does but it's like why can you just not give everybody that (laughs) yeah we need to have a conversation i was let's just bring it up now there is something going on at the stormtrooper academy (laughs) that i am just thinking they're just pumping these people out. They're not giving them the correct armor. They're not teaching them how to shoot. I feel like it's all power, no finesse. It's like, why aim your gun when you can just shoot the crap out of it? (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, it is one of those running, it's like a tradition with Star Wars. That's kind of what they've always done. It's more funny that it's like, it reminds me of that community episode with the G.I. Joe one. Where it's like, shoot around them, not to actually kill them. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's kind of what the stormtroopers do. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so it's always just stormtrooper mayhem. Yeah, they're also not clones anymore. So they're not like put through that rigorous, like, you remember from the Clone Wars where he goes to the planet where all the clones are, Obi-Wan, and he sees all of the clones in training and various things. So they're like, they grow into being a stormtrooper. Now it's just probably like, okay, you're part of the Empire get a gun and go it's like they used to be farmers or something yeah I don't know. yeah you either get one of those funny hats and you become a pilot or <laughs> you get a stormtrooper helmet and they put you on a base somewhere yeah so they are making their way out of there they go back to that hangar that was there but before they get there there was um and i know everybody's seen it online but i have to mention it that admiral blue jeans oh yes the infamous you know, crew worker on the set made his cameo in this <laughs> in this episode. And I, I can't blame him for sometimes missing stuff like that, but it's funny. And I feel like all the fans are having fun with it where it's like, it's fine. It I had to show Derek. I had to rewind like twice because I'm like, look, you can see it's him so there. quick. Right. It's so quick. So the fact that like eagle eyed viewers are <laughs> seeing this is incredible. I mean, it's not as incredulous as like the coffee cup in Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. Or the water bottle. Yes. Jeez, that was bad. Like. <laughs> It was literally on their giant banquet table. So bad. Come on, Game of Thrones. What is going on between scenes? Okay, who's <laughs> just having breaks. their coffee? <laughs> just sitting there. Ridiculous. So Seriously. poor Admiral Blue Jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they get back to the hangar, and obviously there's no way out because the elevator's blocked with all these guys. They're getting fire on them. So then they get that fancy little vehicle that Mithral was like, you know how much we could get to this on a yeah. black market? It's like a marauder or something. and yeah, It's like a Texlar like, marauder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Cara Dune's like, 
all right, let's do this. Note, this isn't a vehicle that can fly. Mm -hmm. It's more of like a land vehicle. Yeah, it does your light hovering as most land vehicles do in the Star Wars universe. So she tries to go forward and they close the gates. So the only way out is off of the ledge. (laughs) I'm like, off of what? The ledge. (laughs) And so Grief and Mithril jump in and she floors it and they go flying. Crash right onto Mithril's speeder. So they start to book it back home and some stormtroopers on some sweet little cycles come flying after him. And again, we see just poor training of the stormtroopers, two of them just taking off, wiling out, bash into each other and explode. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) I mean, I know that I don't don't think they do that every day, like jumping off of that (laughs) ledge. But like, dude, stop trying to do tricks while you're going down that thing. He just took himself and like three others out. Don't do a 360. Yeah, so three of them are en route to get grief mithril and kara so out come these tie fighters and these amazing you know tie fighter pilots i always black i love the way they look i've always have always love the sound of tie fighters just love it and it, it to me it really this whole big chase scene with grief in the gunning to shoot down these tie fighters it really reminded me of a new hope because a lot of those scenes and like the way he was moving the gun it just it just invoked a lot of that like new hope feeling to it and i feel like since carl weathers was the guy that directed this whole thing and he loves a new hope it might have just been a callback to that i love that i i think that's super cool so we get a big chase scene we get the guys on the bikes getting on top of that thing almost killing him grief pretty much decimates that guy that mm-hmm. was about to throw a thermal grenade down into the hatch Poor guy. Mayhem starts to happen because then those TIE fighters come and they're trying to evade them. They're super quick. They can't shoot them down. They're panicking. She keeps saying, we're almost there. And we're like, where's almost there? I mean, I guess they can't shoot in the city. Is there a shielded area or something? Once you're in the green zone, they can't go there. So you're kind of like, oh my God, the stakes are getting high. Mithril's getting nervous. He's about to spray his little spray again. What is that? I know. So So weird. And sure enough, boom, who comes in? But it's Mando in the newly repaired Razor Crest. <laughs> arrow, 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 something or other fancy word for spinning around and shooting things. Barrel rolls. Barrel rolls. I yeah, guess. it's like arrow. I keep want to say dynamics, but that's not right. It's the like ship is aerodynamic. Acrobatics or something like that. There you go. It's fancy AF. It's awesome. The last two episodes, the Razor Crest has been through it all, Mm -hmm. and now it is back in flying style. And one of my favorite upgrades of this entire thing is something that I complained about in the last episode, but guess who finally got some seatbelts? Little baby Yoda strapped in. I know. Yeah, he has his little he has his little seatbelt on. And he still has his his treats and he's still munching on them. And the best part of this whole fight scene is it's cool as hell. Because it looks amazing. Oh, yeah. But then you have Baby Yoda loving every <laughs> second of it. He's like, I got my cotton candy. I'm on this roller coaster. Yes! Let's go. <laughs> so I put my hands up. He's doing the whole Miley Cyrus thing. Yeah. He's laughing. He's having a great time. And like, oh, my God, the moves that Mando is pulling. He's stopping. He's drifting down. He's blasting. Mm-hmm. That scene was sick. Yeah, it was super cool. So obviously, Mando thwarts this. And he doesn't stop. He doesn't go back to Navarro because he was like, look, guys, I need to go because Moff is out there still. This obviously is not a great spot to be. Mm-hmm. He's like, peace, guys. And you see Baby Yoda, he spit up a little bit. And again, fucking Mando is just like breaking my heart knowing that like, I'm, I mean, I don't know. But like 
for the moment that whatever he has to let go of baby yoda he like he takes his little cape again yeah. and he like gets to spit up i'm like you go be daddy mando it's so cute yeah so cute. super cool so then we get back to Kara and Grief. They destroyed the base. Everything's great. They wanted to get the Imperial, last Imperial forces off of their planet. And they did. Super great. But now they have to deal with Captain Carson Tava, who we saw two episodes ago as one of the pilots that had pulled Mando over mm-hmm. on the ice planet. So now he's trying to get some information out of them. And he's like, well, the Razorcrest is just here. And Grief's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Razorcrest? No way. So they're trying to cover for Mando. Yeah, they're like pre-Imperial stuff. You know, it's hard to keep track yeah. of that. Kind of stuff. They're playing dumb, which is great. They're, they have his back. I also want to say that I love that actor. If you've seen Kim, Kim's Convenience... He's a great actor, but he's so different in that from yeah. this. And it's like, oh, my God, I forgot that, like, <laughs> the other stuff that he does. So great. Also, jumpsuits. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen so many jumpsuits in these last couple episodes. Yeah. It's fantastic. Mithril had a jumpsuit. He did. It was like a nice little shiny. It looked a little rubbery, which doesn't seem great, but it's Maybe to keep the moisture in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And this yeah. guy's got his bright orange one, and he's not getting anything out of grief. So then he goes to Kara. He kind of brings up Kara's past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he talks about Alderaan, mm. and he pretty much, he asked her, you know, did you lose anybody? It's like Alderaan was destroyed by the Death Star, so I'm pretty sure she lost everybody, which she did say. Yeah. But it's it seems like an insensitive question because it's like, well, you were there during it, so like, yeah, don't you lost, remember? She lost the whole planet. <laughs> it's so Literally weird. everyone. Yeah, yeah. And he tells her, like, you know, something weird's going on here. Like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I don't know. But then he tries to recruit her again because obviously she fought for the rebels at one time. But that whole war with Alderaan and everything that happened just really, I mean, I think it's just been too much for her. She's yeah. retired. She's done. <laughs> and I feel like that they know, uh, like Captain Carson Tava and that whole team, they know that something larger is right. going on too. Because he says something like, we could really use people on these other planets to help us with this because something bigger is going to be happening. So it seems like there's something going on out there that other people know of, and he's trying to like make sure that he has people stationed in other places to help them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they hear whisperings of, you know, maybe Moff Gideon is the one to introduce the First Order, and because that's where eventually that the Empire goes, like mm-hmm. the Imperial, but they, it really goes more towards the First Order, and that's what we saw in the recent trilogy. Right. So. I'm sure they know something like something is up and all these weird experiment bases keep exploding. So it, it, yeah, he has the right thing in mind. Yeah. But I did want to ask, and if anybody knows this, again, not Star Wars experts here. What was the thing he gave her? Yeah, the metal or yeah. whatever that was. I told Derek, I was like, I mean, it looks like it has like screw holes. Like, is she supposed to screw it into her building like an ADT sign? Like, <laughs> this place is protected by... The rebels. I don't know. Shield your home, the rebel shield. (laughs) It obviously didn't work. The Imperials are right there. No, I know. And then he kind of saunters off and she goes on feeding her lava mirror cat. I'm glad she has her own little baby Yoda. I mean, it's not as cute, but it's cute. No, it's I. it just is giving me Pabu from Korra vibes. A little fire ferret there. Yeah. Final scene. See Moff Gideon again. Mm-hmm. Every time, like he keeps showing up at the end. I'm like, I get it. Like he's the bad guy. <laughs> he's very, very bad. Right. And pretty much, we find out that one of the dudes that worked on the Razor Crest, which he gave him a little shady side he eye did, when they were did, leaving. He did, he did, he did. I think he looks like a testicle with like a strap on his head. It's fine. Obviously, he's a dick. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> right. So he planted a tracker on the Razor Crest when they were repairing it. Rude. Super sucks. Moff Gideon gets word of that. The child is still with Din. So obviously he has set his sights to get him, which is also bad, but maybe good because he's on his way to Corvus to meet Ahsoka. Yeah. So, so he's going to have some powerful allies there. But we might see a fight with Moff Gideon and Ahsoka. That'd be super cool. That'd be amazing. But we also see there's like these dark troopers uh. there, which look like dark troopers. And dark troopers have been in the extended stuff mm-hmm. and like the Dark Horse comics. So it's not clear. Are those the suits that those experiments were supposed to go in? Are these new enemies? Are they force sensitive? Like you, I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but they're shiny. And there's a few of them, which makes me think that, like, they're boss level. Heck yeah. Bad. Yeah, it's going to be bad. <laughs> like, those are the ones that Ma- Mando's going to fight while Ahsoka's taking on everybody else. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this really leaves us not necessarily a cliffhanger, but it's built some stuff up. Yeah, I feel like since this is halfway through the season that this is just laying the entire groundwork for the rest of it. So I'm glad we got our cute moments and our... Amazing frog lady introduction. But now I think things are starting, going to start yeah, getting this, the fan. This feels like the bigger story mm-hmm. of the entire Mandalorian series, not just of this season. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to, and this was something that I talked about with Derek. And because I've seen the Rebels and I've seen Clone Wars and Ezra from Rebels, as everybody knows, is the one that saved Ahsoka. And we're, we're going to go more into this later on. But I'm curious if Baby Yoda is Yoda. The more and more I'm thinking about it and the more and more that like people don't know this creature and especially thinking about the recent trilogy, it's like, where, where was he? But then again, where was Ahsoka this whole time? So I'm curious if this is actually Baby Yoda, like, because time travel does exist in some capacity in the Star Wars universe. So that would suck. (laughs) I mean, is also Mando Boba Fett? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, but that's, that's the thing. There's so many questions. It's like, how do these characters fit into the entirety of the series? You mm-hmm. know, because it seems that they're piecing some things together. So where do they exist? Yeah, I think this is a really hard job. Not hard job. I mean, I, I'm sure, obviously, John Favreau has it all mapped out. Yeah. The whole team. But like to pull, it's like, what do you say is canon? And what mm-hmm. do you say isn't canon? And what do you pull from where? So they obviously have it all figured out. But the fact that we're getting, you know, Bo and Ahsoka and all of these people and then the larger universe within the same one. Insane. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. And Mm -hmm. it's also crazy that like these characters who are known in their animated forms are now going to have real representation, like real life. I'm so excited. And they look just like them, which is crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) It's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, all right. But before we go. Yeah. To end this episode of A Bite Of, yeah. we have to go into our special segment of Galaxy Guide. Guide, guide. <laughs> <laughs> you found your introduction. Yes. So, of course, I truly wanted to do the Lava Meerkat, but there really is not a lot of information out there about them. Literally, that they are meerkats that live near lava on Navarro. And in some of the artwork at the end of the episode for the end credits, we see it actually like breathing fire, which is pretty cool, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't happen in the episode. Right. And it's weird to me that also Kara doesn't want it because it's like you could have a fire breathing rodent as your sidekick. So what's wrong with you? (laughs) I mean, it seems to be warming up to her. 
get it lava okay anyway so i've decided to actually do the aqualish where the marauders that we saw in the beginning of the navarro introduction so this uh, species they come from the planet of ando and their lives revolve around water but they don't need water to survive the language they speak is aqualish so the aqualish speak aqualish i mean i'm all for not making more confusing words it's great <laughs> And uh, I love this description from Wikipedia. The Aqualish generally have bald heads, fur around their cheeks, and they appear to have different skin colors from each other. I thought you were going to say balls for a mouth. (laughs) Yeah. So they have bald heads and fur around the cheeks, which makes me feel very self-conscious about my look. And then I also had the same thing because they reminded me of the little known species from Men in Black 2, the bald chinians. Yeah. (laughs) Who had balls for chins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry this episode has talked about testicles more than once, but it's not our fault that these creatures resemble testicles. Agreed. They, in, in many of the resources, they call them tusks. Are they tusks? Tusks. Okay. Well, or they're... like arachnid type appendages. Okay. Either way, they're not, uh, you know, b- the most becoming thing I've ever seen. No. I mean, they could... Look more like tusks and or erected pincer things. Whatever. Right. Anyway. Anyway. So um, as a, a race or as a species, they can either have one set of eyes or two sets of eyes. They have different skin colors and different amounts of fingers on their hands. There's I a- mean, so it's just like a choose your own adventure species what you want. Heck yeah. Like my and- middle two fingers are stuck together. Zip but not- zap. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And, and in essence, you know, there's actually four different like sections of the race. There's oh. the Aquala, the Cuso, the Quara, and the Ualak. So they're all different. They all have different strengths. They're from different parts of the planet. But Interesting. Yeah, usually um, they still have those tusky things. Testy things. <laughs> Testies. <laughs> Best testes. Oh, gross. Uh, and just like one of the first Aqualish we ever saw in the Star Wars universe uh, was Ponda Baba from A New Hope. Yes. And he worked uh, for Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. And yeah. here we are seeing them doing some dubious deeds once again. I wonder if we'll ever see any like Jabba's. <gasps> Where are the Jabba's? See, there's so many questions. Where is everyone? <laughs> What's happening? Where are they Baby from? Yoda and Baby Hutt need to form a team somehow. It'd be great. I'm very much looking forward to another ecosystem in our ne- next episode because they said it's a forest. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 Super excited to see the fauna that we see there. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Bite Of, artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at A Bite Of Pod and on Facebook at A Bite Of. If you have questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can email us at abiteofpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate and review to spread the word. Hope you join us next time on A Bite Of. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,